Blog Talk Radio. That's a, a quick, quick drop, drop off, off there. there. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and most definitely not a replicant made to look and act just like him. Joining me this week... Well, I'd like to put you under a void cop test to, to verify that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and I, I also think Jim Lee's a pretty good artist. So joining me as my co-host this week is uh, Joe from Joe on Joe. Joe Slepsky, everybody. What's happening, Joe? Hey, Jeremy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for, thanks for, thanks for having me back again. Oh, thank you for uh, coming back. Last week you were on a special secret assignment, and I think this week I we're watched. actually going to, yeah, I think we're going to swap out what did Joe read with what did Joe watch. So we'll talk about that That'll when be, we get there. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I was going to ask you what you did on Joe on Joe this week, but I know what you did. So why don't you clue in everybody else? Well, everybody, if you're a regular listener of Geekish Cast, you know we have a third co-host, Paul Vieira, and Paul and I got a chance to sit down this week and watch an absolutely insane episode of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero. An absolutely insane episode. It was a pretty good show. I enjoyed listening to that one. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we had a lot of fun just Paul and I chatting and stuff, really interesting stuff. Being in the Air Force, we got into some, you know, actual military talk, which was kind of cool. Because, um, you know, yeah. if you know anything about my shows, I don't know anything about the military. And yet I do a show about G.I. Joe. But there the you go. Of, yeah, the premise of the episode is that Joe's kicked out a member of their team in order to fool Cobra. But he immediately went to live in one of the most run-down cartoon flop house apartments I've ever seen animated on any show. It was like when they kicked you out of the jail in Shawshank. And you hung yourself. That was, that's, <laughs> that's what happened on GHO. And I'm not even exaggerating. So it was a lot of fun. That, we had a good time. Yeah, that's rough. That was a really good episode. I, I really appreciate it. Seemed to me like you guys were missing a third person, but I, I couldn't figure out why. Um, yeah, but anyhow. Were, every, every, third, every third beat, there was an awkward silence. But we, we managed to make it okay. Yeah, you muddled through. You muddled through. You did pretty yeah. good there. All you right, well, and up. Well, you did. You actually gave us several, so thank you uh, for thro- uh, throwing some uh, love the Geekish Cast direction. Always. This, yeah, this week, however, Paul is on a super secret mission, and I, I'm not even kidding around with that. We don't know where he is or where what he's up to, but uh, you know, hope, hopefully everything's going well for him. Um, before I introduce our other two co-hosts, I do want to hit real quick. Paul is going to be deployed the first four months of next year, so we're going to be swapping people in and out for him uh, throughout the first four months of the year. So the first third of the year, we're going to have floating guests. If you're a listener to this show and maybe you do a web series or a comic book or something and you think you got the chops to keep up with me, Joe, and our drummer, who's a alternating guest every week, 
shoot me a line over at thegeekishcast at gmail.com. I'm willing to listen to people. I do have a bunch of people already set up, but I'm, I'm open to new contenders as well. So sitting in this week for Paul, we have from the post-apocalyptic wasteland of the Capitol Freeways and Byways, Overseer Chris from the Nucleus Podcast. What's happening, Chris? <laughs> that sounds like something a synth would say. <laughs> Good to hear you. Good to hear you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, how's it going, everybody? Good. Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, we we released um, our third episode last week, and I think we're finally, you know, we're hitting our groove. Um, gotta gotta get back into the the editing mode again. I, I forgot how much of a pain it is, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it's for those. Together. Yeah, for those who haven't tried podcasting, if you're shooting for an hour show, it's going to take you three and a half hours minimum to edit it. So yeah, if you, minimum. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. and then if and then if you want to give it a a, a final listen through Pat, at at another hour then to listen to the show again. Yeah, I mean, exactly. If if you're an okay, if you're if you're a good public speaker, which I am not, um, <laughs> you you, you could probably get away. You could probably get away with with an hour or two edit. But I, I am not a good public speaker, and I'm just going to say this story short real quick. When I took public speaking in college, we had to do a, um, a speech off the top of our head. I said a bunch of words that didn't mean anything or have anything to do with anything, and then I just quietly picked up my stuff and walked out and never returned. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, anyway, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so, uh, give us a real quick recap. What was you, uh, what was the Nuclear's podcast about this week, Chris? Oh, we um, we we've been taking some time to sort of set up the Fallout universe. We actually haven't even started talking about Fallout proper yet. So, um, last week we talked about fifties um, pop culture. You know, fifties, early sixties pop culture. So we're talking about toys and. Um, you know, specifically like games and stuff and, um, you know, a few movies, um, some TV shows that, that may have, um, you know, inspired fallout stuff like that. Oh, um, sure. yeah. And then, uh, and some comic books, you know, cause you got right. silver shroud and, and Nick Valentine and although you don't think that's a comic book reference, but no, that's I, a Sam Spade I, reference, but, but you know, I said that in the episode, yeah, I, I do want to point out that yes, in the 1940s and 50s, science kits did come with uranium. So an exciting time to be alive. No wonder that's all of hilarious. our parents got yeah, they all got lung cancer at 32 back then. So you know that's what Was happened. It, uh, isn't, isn't one of the and uh, isn't it related to Nick Valentine? You get a, 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 a an outfit that looks like the Shadow from the old Radio Pulp Shadow. No, that's, well, not, that's, related. Silver that's Shroud. not related. That, yeah, that's not related that's not, to Nick Valentine. When you that's not Nick Valentine. No, when you go into Good Neighbor, uh, you pick up a radio broadcast coming from um, the the Memory Den or whatever it's called, and there's a guy right, in right, broadcasting yeah, 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 stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, and and, uh, you end up with that sweet that sweet cloak. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it, it is. It is pretty sweet. I I definitely played a handful of levels wearing just that. It, it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. You actually end up looking. You actually end up looking like the Gray Ghost from one of the best episodes of Batman the Animated Series. You guys familiar with Adam West? 
I am absolutely. There's a picture right here on my wall of me and Adam West. He's not dressed as a great ghost, however. I, I have no idea who that is. But no, you, are as, you are I'm dressed as Robin, though. I am. I usually am. Well, you know, hold on here, guys. I got to get this. I got to get us back on track here because sitting quietly in the drummer's seat this week is the hoop hop and record keeping Zumba <laughs> dancing Andrea Kyle Peterson. What's happening, Andrea? Hey guys, thanks for letting me play the drums, the boom ching, um, and joining you guys. <laughs> I'll sit as quiet well, and listen as much as I need to. <laughs> that's, Welcome, no, it's Andrea. perfectly Welcome. fine. My dad's actually a drummer. I did not get his actual drumming skills. I can play the spoons. That is on my resume, and when I am asked to, I can bang out a few hungry-worthy beats. <laughs> How deep in the oh. south are you from again? Um, <laughs> That's a southern no, thing, isn't it? Okay. No, it's funny you say that, but I did grow up in Texas. I don't live there anymore. But That's fair. It, if I get, if I have enough wine or whiskey, the southern in me comes out, and then I do start talking like this, and then it gets a little disturbing. But we'll say no. <laughs> nice. So I could be challenged if you want. I can talk southern the entire time if you prefer. <laughs> that might that might be a different show. <laughs> I'm not sure. But but... Like, where is Andrea from? <laughs> yeah. That's a whole game show. So Andrea is an actor, writer, director, uh, yoga instructor, IMDb celebrity, um, probably has longer <laughs> credit pages on IMDb than any of the rest of us here. So what have you been working on lately, Andrea? Anything you can tease us with? Um, anything I can tease you with. Sadly, it's nothing that's on IMDb. I've kind of made my way back to the stage this year, which is always, it's so funny. I love the stage, but um, I was just, out in Denver um, last week for an audition and you know it's always one of those things as an actor you get really heady and um, uh, uh, worried about what you say and this woman was asking me what I was doing I was like oh I'm just going to Denver for a quick business meeting and then you know it literally as I flew out in the morning I auditioned and flew back so that kind of piqued her interest and then she's like well what for and I was like oh for an audition she's like oh are you an actor and I said yes and she's like have I seen you in anything and that's always like you cringe because you're like well maybe but um only if you live in Salt Lake City Utah you know so then you feel weird (laughs) but um so I mean I I, you know obviously I was able to say you would get the web series that um I acted in directed and wrote and all that kind of fun stuff um, which is always funny because then I always have to give kind of a little disclaimer because there's two You Again web series out there, um, and one is a Korean one, and then I'm not the Korean one. Um, but that's what I've been doing. But I have like three – I know. It's, I feel weird saying that, but it really oh, is. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm the one with the gold the, It's the accurate way to phrase it. That's really funny, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I've got three major stage productions coming up that are back-to-back starting in January, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, But I am um, working on a couple scripts right now. Um, So who knows what um, filmography might be added to my IMDb credit. Awesome. Again, we've had Andrea on a few times. She's always fun to talk to, but I don't want to build her up too much because if she falls flat this time, it's her fault, not mine. There you go. That's Oof, what I was thinking. Yeah. Jeremy, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually be and my IMDb credits might simply be uh, she provided uh, chips for craft. Well, there you go. <laughs> Keto, Keto chips. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, guys, let's uh, let's get into it. I, I think we've uh, properly introduced ourselves and goofed off for about 10 minutes now, which seems appropriate. Um, so I finally got to see Thor. Uh, who else here has seen yeah. Thor? The news. Yeah, Absolutely. I saw Thor. Too. Okay. Twice. Yeah, I may have to see it again just to count Easter eggs. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been kind of goofy. One of my parents has been in and out of the hospital, so I haven't had time to nerd it up as hard as I would like. So I did finally get to go see it Saturday, and I wept with joy while watching it. So great. There, it's so great. A little bit. It was one single manly tear, Andrea. Yeah, like when a Native <laughs> American sees garbage. But um, one it was great. One very ladylike tear. Oh, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Joe, let's uh, let's talk to you since you were the guy really pushing to to get us all, everybody on board with this how, one. How, uh, what how what spoilery, were your impressions? How spoilery do we want to talk? Uh, Chris, do you want to? Do you mind if we do spoilers for Thor Ragnarok? Go for it, sir. Uh, I okay. do not. I do not keep up with the Marvel movie universe. That's more my wife's thing. <laughs> gotcha. So let's uh, let's spoiler it. We're two weeks out. We can I think we can get dirty on this one. I I think it was amazing. I think uh, I think Waititi achieved uh, a, a height of for me top three Marvel easy. I loved everything in it. Um, I think some mm-hmm. of the some of the criticism has been like oh if you break down the plot or break down the you know the actual adventure it falls apart a little bit. But you know what? It's like he spackled it over with humor and charm and humor and charm. That's it. Yeah. Like and when they... a little bit, I would have liked to have known a little bit of where Hela has been since Odin banished her. You know, like, because she just kind of, like, just a touch of was she actually residing. She's got us to death, and we know in the comics she lives in hell, you know, one hell hell. Has yeah. she been in hell? And if so, how come no one knew about her? Like, just those kinds of questions. But that's kind of nitpicky. I think it was great. I mean, she was fantastic in it. The one character that I thought I would not replace because I love the actor, Carl Urban, but mm-hmm. he really had nothing to do in the scene, in the script, except they gave him his own little art. But you could pull him out yeah. of the movie 100%, and the movie doesn't change at all. Yeah, except I want everybody as much as possible to cast Carl Urban because I love his McCoy so much. Yeah. I want to see him be successful. A hundred percent. I want to see Carl Urban yeah. and everything. So I, that's yeah. why that's why I'm fine with it. And what he did with Scourge, like the way they they dressed him really and gave him the M16s, that's straight out of Walter Simonson Thor. And Walter Simonson Thor is my top series of all time. Like that's the series that I you know cut my teeth on when I was like 12 years yeah. old. And uh, absolutely adore that stuff. Simonson's my favorite creator, and he gave, he's the one who gave, you know, Scourge the, or Curse, Curse, Scourge. Yeah, there was Curse, yeah. He gave them the yeah. F-16s, and they had to fight their way out of hell, and all that stuff. So seeing that visual, that visually represented was amazing. So great. Loved it. Yeah, and I, I loved, loved the almost. The Hulk was fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say. Almost every yeah, single and, decision they made in there was good. Yeah, and it really and it made sense that if he's going to be the Hulk, this is a little spoilery. If he's the Hulk for two years, if not even longer, because the way that time moves differently in Takar, if he's the Hulk for two years, uh, 
yeah, he's going to learn how to talk because he's no, no longer just like a day-old infant, you know? Right. Now he's like a eight-year-old kid or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, there's so I some, thought it was wonderful. Some amazing stuff in that relationship between Hulk and Thor. You know, just some yeah. of the lines. Some of the lines in there, you're embarrassing me. I told them we're friends. Just some yeah. of that stuff was great. Um, if, I, I if also... They don't, if, mm-hmm. So if they don't bring Korg back for something, I'll be heartbroken forever. Yeah, because I I loved Korg so much. Oh, oh you Korg got... was awesome. Yeah, he was he was definitely one of my favorite. I felt so I I really liked Thor and I enjoyed the comedy of it. I did feel that some of the one-liners felt very on the nose and that they were trying to create an action movie with comedy instead of tell a story that was had humorous moments. But I did really, really appreciate Korg a lot. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, so Andrea, as a, a writer, director, and filmmaker, and a person who's only kind of geekish, what were your impressions of Thor Ragnarok? Um, I really enjoyed it. I really, really struggled with Hella, actually, and I think Kate Blanchett is a an amazing, amazing actress. But I felt like it was so posed. Like she just kept she would pose, she would wipe her hair and then, you know, they'd three D her fight scene. And I kinda just I actually felt like she was they didn't do much with her hair and I agree with him. I wish I'd known what like some of her history was. Because it just seemed like she was just evil for the sake of evil. And I don't know, as a writer and as an actor, um, like even a protagonist doesn't, I mean, an antagonist doesn't believe that they're bad. They believe that they're right. And it was just the way they played her character. It's like she'd walk out, she'd place her hand on her hip. Like even in um, the initial scene that we see her on the mountainside in in Europe, um, she's just standing there like posing for a picture actually quite interesting with all the talk of women in film and with action heroes and all this kind of stuff that for Hella being this like kind of badass evilish character we just put her in a skin tight suit and made her pose and I was a little disappointed that they didn't give this antagonist more character to play with especially since it's, it's freaking Kate Blanchett you've got an Oscar award winning actress and they just posed her you know that was I was actually a little disappointed by that Hmm. I, I could see that. See, for me, I thought she finally put an answer to the question, what's hotter, white trash chicks or goth chicks? But, yeah, <laughs> that's just me being a pig. <laughs> well, there is that, too, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I, you know, and I guess this is just, and this has nothing to do with me being a feminist or even talking about women, um, but even Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, I thought she was great. And they like just the initial scene of her coming out drinking and falling off the spaceship um, just set up her character really well. But then I thought it was interesting when they, um, when um, Thor tossed her the Valkyrie outfit, all of a sudden she went right back to the stereotypical um, female action hero that we've been trying to get away from. And, mm-hmm. um, so just from a kind of a gender, I, I, she lost her character when all of a sudden she's standing at the machine gun in this, like, silverish, whitish, skin-tight, high-heeled thing, and I actually lost her character. So I, I felt 
there were some great moments, but I think, and this is like a whole other topic, but I just think gender-wise for females and action things, I was actually kind of disappointed with what they did with Hella and Valkyrie. That's funny. I actually read a um, a review. Oh, I should have wrote down who it was. His review from a, a gay writer who said that they had accidentally created a queer icon in Hella because she was obviously a, ma- a massive drag queen. And I thought it was a funny line. I wish I had remembered who it was. And it kind of plays well with what you're saying, where she comes out, she she poses, and then oh, goes yeah. into a CG fight scene. Yeah. It literally, I just felt like every moment when she was talking, it was just this, like, I don't know, it was just this, like, epic stance versus, like, you could never, like, really connect with it. And it just, it felt posed, which I think went along with some of the humor. It just felt, like, on the nose. I really did enjoy it. I don't want to think, you guys think that yeah. I didn't enjoy it. But I just felt a lot of things just really felt on the nose. And even when um, Doctor Strange, his, you know, minor moment in there with all the playing with the beer or playing with Thor, like, stumbling around every time he changed scenes. It just felt almost like vaudevillian-esque slapstick. Um, and that's, like, you know, that's a very particular type of comedy. And I, I just felt like it didn't um, – like, Deadpool, Deadpool's funny. And Deadpool has a very particular style to his humor and to the story that is being told. This felt like a action movie that was trying to do Step on the Banana Pill. And mm-hmm. I don't know, if, as a writer and as a kind of storyteller, I don't know if it gelled as much as it could have for me. Okay. I follow you on that. Um, well, I think one of the I things think, I think oh. you're, where you're, get, you're getting it, you're getting some of the, um, it's, it's a transitional movie for, you know, if they're going to keep doing this kind of lighthearted thing for Thor, they took a character that really wasn't known for that kind of humor. And they moved it into sure. that space. So I think they, they were, you could see in it, there's a balance of trying to honor the style and the characterization that came before and still, you know, let Taika Waititi be Taika Waititi. Sure, which actually I kind of struggle with a little bit because people said that about um, the most recent Batman movie and they were like, it's just setting up characters for the next movie. I don't know, for me as a writer and a storyteller, like, I, I actually I hate that excuse, and I'm like, even if it is a transition movie or whether it's setting something up, it, I think the film still needs to stand alone, and the characters need to stand alone, and I think to really have a oh. strong, successful film, like, I, I hate the excuse of transition or setting up. I just want to be like, it's a film. Make the film in and of itself, Oh, no, you know? no, no, no. I think you might, you, might have, uh, you might have misunderstood. When I say transition movie, I don't mean to another movie. In fact, they barely did. They really barely did any of that of what Marvel typically does in setting up another movie. I meant transitional from we've seen two previous Thor movies, and those both of those movies had a certain tone. They had a characterization uh, to it, and 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 this is a transitional movie to say we're shifting gears. Typically in a in a trilogy, you know, by the time you get to the third one, they don't do a full tonal shift like they did with this, and that's that's I think th- there's some of that heavy lifting that they had to do. So some of the movie is. A more tra- it's weird to say a traditional Thor movie, but great okay. man, we got three Thor movies. That's amazing. You know, that's where I'm going with it. So not not necessarily we're, we're about setting up. Yeah. we're catching up with Spider Man. <laughs> How many do we have now? Like what seven? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, yeah, the whole close. rabbit yeah. hole. <laughs> Um, well, what I do want to say, though, before we move on to the next topic is I liked how they kind of went in and bucked the status quo, too. 
what happened to Asgard, the destruction of the hammer, and ripping Thor's eye out and changing his look are things that I think are pretty bold. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's see here. It looks like Joe's transitioning, so let's just make sure he reconnects with us here. Call me, Caitlin. Uh, Can you hear me? I, oh, yeah, you're coming through loud and clear. All right. Sam, thanks for that. Sorry, I was, in, I, was, I was in transition, so here I am now. Yeah, speaking of transitional uh, trilogy. So what's your... Um, but, yeah, I liked how... So what's your pronoun now, or... Oh, uh, I'm still Joe. You know. <laughs> Just emotionally, I'm elsewhere. Roger yeah. that. But I, I did like how it did kind of buck the whole status quo of the whole thing. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. So um, let's go on to the other nerd thing that I was. Uh, no, Chris, your joke was just fine. You're you're okay. No, no, there's no hurt feelings around here. Oh, um, don't do that. I put it in the messenger so you wouldn't say anything on the air. Jeremy, that's like Jeremy. Jeremy, that's like when uh, if we're out in public and I gotta whisper something to my wife and I kind of like go in her ear and she doesn't understand me, she'll get real loud and go, "What are you saying? Why did you? What did you just whisper in my ear?" And I'm like, "I whispered because I didn't want anyone to hear it." I. Didn't want to make a scene, okay? Oh, sorry, well, Chris. Jer- I won't Jer- do that to you again. Jeremy, Jeremy just forgot to put his phone on silent, and when it dinged, he had to explain why it dinged. I get it. True. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of that's kind of what happened. <laughs> um, so the other nerd thing that I just barely got caught up on this week was Stranger Things season two. Yeah, you've seen that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, can I just say I thought it was a very strong season overall, but what was up with episode seven? Uh, it's all anyone wants to talk about. No one wants to talk God, about Billy. And I haven't talked about more about Billy. I want to, I want more Billy. Um, you know, let's see here. I was actually sad they killed Sean Astin. Yeah, I know. Like yeah, really sad. Yeah. Apparently yeah. Goonies do die. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> With, with like, episode, we started with the episode show, seven. They never yeah. they never say die. It didn't say nothing about they they well, don't actually that die. That is you that's a very good point. <laughs> episode seven, I think they would have been better served to, to parse those chunk chunk that story out and parse it out over two or three episodes. And then I think people wouldn't have yeah. been as, uh, as as put off by it. Well, that was that was like just a whiplash, like, oh but now we're going on a road trip, everybody, but just one character that you care about. Yeah, and uh, we're going to spend the whole episode with them. But you know what's really funny? Oh, though? The, yeah, the road, yeah. The road, the road trip aspect of it. I'm I'm from Chicago. You can get to Indiana in about 25 minutes. Like it's not terribly far. Like they they played it like she was on this long epic journey. It's it's not that far. <laughs> well, we don't know how far into Indiana. Well, that is like, true. That is. I true. don't know. That's true. But it was just it, yeah. it made me chuckle. They're like, oh my god, she's back in the bus with strangers. Yeah, in about thirty minutes, she'll get off it in Hammond. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, she can she can actually stop the hearts of anybody who actually tries to be a threat to her. Well, so sure, you know, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, kind of kind of mixed there. Um, <laughs> overall, I thought it was a really strong season, though. What did you guys think? We're live, people. Somebody jump totally in there. Agree. I totally agree. Totally agree. Loved it. I thought it was really strong. Again, um, even, that Billy kid, that new kid, I love him. I know he's a jerk, but I love him. 
Really? Even though you guys are probably going to spoil the crap out of this for me. Um, mm-hmm. my, my wife and I watched probably about half of season one. I didn't think it was a bad show, but it, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it just didn't have that, like, I need to, I need to watch more to find out what happens type of thing for me. At least not yet. I do plan on getting back to it, but you know, um, I just want to say that little bit about Stranger Things. Uh, you yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> That's my two cents. Oh, um, yeah. Well, in the part of that, I think Chris, if maybe you were like five years older, it would have an immediate grab for you that maybe you're missing now. Yeah. Um, because almost nostalgia every nostalgia plays a yeah. big part for sure. Yeah, because almost every shot in that show, I'm like, oh, that's like Stand By Me. Oh, that's like Jeremy. Oh, that's Jeremy. like E.T. Jeremy, wait a second. Yeah. yeah. What was my What was my first podcast? Friday the 13th. The one before, the one before Return thir- to Camp Blood? Return to Camp Blood. I mean, that was my first one that I stuck yeah. with. But I, I, am <laughs> down, I am down with that whole aesthetic. Goonies, one of my favorite movies. Stand By Me, love it. Like I mean I I get the I get the references most of them uh but like I don't know like I I think I think they pulled a for me they they pulled a Texas chainsaw massacre on me they they showed the monster too early I thought uh I I would like to have been kept in more of the dark longer I don't know I don't know what it is I I can't really put my finger on it really uh but yeah, well, strangely, I mean, enough, I, strangely enough, they actually, even this far into it, they actually really haven't, they've, they've shown us the monster, but we really still don't know what it is, you know, even two episodes in. There's really not a big explanation for things, which is, that's kind of, that's kind of fun. That's kind of teasing it out a little bit. I, I know. I, I mean, yes, I, I get that, but i don't I don't know what it is like i i can't I can't seem to get into it like other people have, and like I said, it's not a bad show like i I thoroughly enjoyed the the episodes that I've watched, but it just hasn't had that pull for me yet. Hopefully, when I watch a couple more episodes, it'll start getting like that because I mean it is a good show um and I do want to finish watching what's out <laughs> uh but you know there's always Archer to watch for the. Tenth time, or no, I get that. <laughs> no, you know, there's a lot Parks of stuff I've started to watch. A million times. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's a lot of stuff that I've started to watch and it didn't catch, but other people loved it, and then everybody's all like, "Oh, but you got to give it a chance. You got to give it a chance." And I say, "No, you don't. If it doesn't catch you, then it doesn't catch you. It doesn't matter why." It's true. It's very you know? true. It's it's the film. Uh, it's the filmmaker's job to bring you in. And I, if they don't I, do it for everybody. They don't do it for everybody. Jeremy. Every time I hear someone talk about how great Mindhunter is, I've watched every episode mm-hmm. of that show. It's I don't think it's that good. I think it's it's a lot of style and I, it's not very exciting. But yet everyone's saying how much how great Mindhunter is. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it at all. I've only seen part. I've only seen part of the first episode of that. But you know what happens to me sometimes, Joe. My favorite movie of the last thirty years is Highlander. Uh-huh. But sometimes when I sometimes when I watch that, I go, "How much of this movie do I actually like, and how much of it is just <laughs> Ru- Russell Mulcahy?" <laughs> Russell Mulcahy directed this in a really visually interesting way, and it's hard not to keep watching it. You know what I mean? Right? Because there are there are spots in there. I'm like, "Fuck! I had to see this movie a hundred times before I even understood that's what was happening." 
<laughs> and that's Highlander. That's I mean, Highlander. It's yeah. not even it's not even terribly difficult. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here laughing, but one of my favorite movies is Crossroads, not the Britney Spears one, but the uh, Ralph Macchio one. And like, I get don't the same tonight, reaction. Don't tonight, don't tonight's Britney Spears. It's the it's Ralph okay. Macchio one about Robert okay. Johnson. It was really good. You should check it out. But I get the same reaction from that from people who've seen that, which not many people even know what the hell I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> so sorry for laughing, Jeremy. I get laughed at too from my favorite all movies. Right, all right. <laughs> it's quite all right. You got to remember, Billy Jack is one of my other top favorites, and that thing was nice. <laughs> well, it was not a great nice. movie. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it was uh, not uh, a great movie in many ways. Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park was a favorite movie of mine for a long time until I saw it as an adult, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What in the f is this?" Andrea, this is garbage. Yeah, Andrea, what's your what's your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is um, Emperor's New Groove. Um, <laughs> nice. I, yeah, David Spade gets me every time, and I'm not going to, like, even now, even though, like, it's almost, what, 10, 15 years old, I could still quote most of that movie without even watching it. <laughs> I love it. I love and I love, I, I, you know, David Spade has his goods and bads, but I'm not going to lie. He's definitely my guilty pleasure comedian. Even, like, he's got, what was that, like, old TV show, like, that he was at that magazine? Gosh, I love David Spade. Oh, Just guilty Shoot Me. Pleasure. That was a great show. Just Shoot Me, yes. Yeah, oh, that show was fun. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember I, that I show. Like, I, I still, like, when I'm, like, walking around, like, um, what is it, like, you know, when I'm, teasing a niece and nephew or even my husband and i'm just like don't touch me no touchy no and i'm just like oh gosh andrea grow up but i can't i just can't grow up when it comes to emperor's <laughs> that's fantastic that's okay i just, I yeah. just watched that with the kids the other day <laughs> it, 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 I, it is pretty hilarious you need to just end it there. I watched it the other day, period. I feel like the disclaimer lessens the validity of my obsession with this movie. No, no. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. But I I would not have watched it otherwise. Ah, okay. Because well, that, 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 uh, that came out when I was a little too old. Like, in my opinion, you know, I was, a, I was probably a teenager when that came out. So I didn't watch many Disney movies back then. That is one thing I miss about having younger kids. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I will still be in a car and go over a hill and say, Yuma, put your hands in the air. Um, And, yeah. (laughs) Or or, turbulence on an airplane. It was always a tribute to that. (laughs) Funny. That's funny stuff. Um, all right, so this next one. I, this is going to be a question because I don't think any of us have seen this yet. Uh, but Justice League comes out this week. Yes. I'm kind of thinking we are at a, a make or break point, and I've seen a couple bad reviews, but then I go and like read the guys who wrote the bad reviews, reviews of Wonder Woman, and they're all kind of middling. Um, wh- wh- Joe, let's go to you first on this. What do you think? I mean, how, how dire are the circumstances going into this movie? Um, I think that it's going to be one of those movies that you, you, it's going to be a fun actioner. It comes in. I think it, I think it's running time is like a, uh, like an hour 50 or hour 45 or something like that. I think you're going to have fun during it, but when you leave, you're going to go, Oh, that really, there wasn't much substance there. 
but at least it wasn't a complete insult. That's my, that's what I've been told. That's kind of what I, some people I know have seen it. It's not going to totally insult you like the, the previous Suicide Squad on BBS did, but yeah, you're not, you're not going to come away going, I'm so excited about the future of the Justice League, like you did with Wonder Woman, where you, you left Wonder Woman going amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, struggle with I, I struggle with action movies having too many characters. Because I don't, I mean, I love like the idea, you know, the Avengers, the Justice League, like the whole like team concept is fun. But I really enjoy just focusing on one character and following their storyline and having fun with them. And this is, I mean, it was, I'm not trying to take the words away from like someone else, but like I read an, a review somewhere and it did just kind of feel like a bunch of characters being thrown together and sent on, um, I, I don't know. I felt like they were just characters from different places thrown together and sent on a mission. And I don't know. So, I, I mean, I obviously haven't seen it yet, but I, I kind of, I'm over team action movies. <laughs> well, I just yeah, well, took I the just, air right I, out of my lungs. Well, I just <laughs> got an arrow right to my heart. But on the flip side, like, I love yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Like for me, Guardians is my favorite Marvel movie. But Avengers doesn't do it for me. Like I don't really love the two Avengers movies. But Guardians is everything, and I think they really balanced it really well with that one. I, I agree with that. Guardians is of all the team action movies out there. I but I think they're they seem to be from the same story, and I think maybe that's the thing with Justice League is that you've got Aquaman, you've got Wonder Woman. You've got Batman, and they all just come from such different places that you're just like, and now I'm watching you all as separate characters go on the same story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it seems a little, it seems weird to me. Well, it's funny, you say, it, it's funny you say that, actually, because I'm not sure how familiar you are with the early Justice League stories, but back, even go back to the Justice Society, that was how they were written. They would get together, they'd hang out in a clubhouse, uh, whatever threat was happening, Starro or, or whoever, the team then would they would literally break the team up and you would have like a four part adventure where Batman and Aquaman went off and did something and then Flash and Martian Manhunter did something and then Superman and Wonder you know like they even then the early days of of putting the comics together they they weren't oh, comfortable sure. with 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 mashing all the different you, you know types together they would hang out in a room and then split up for the entire issue and then come back to the room at the end and go we did it. Well, doesn't that just seem like then on the writers just trying to get a bunch of fans together all in one place and then market yeah. off of that? <laughs> oh yeah, that's no, that, that's exactly it. They said they looked. They said, "Hey, we sell a ton of books for Superman, a ton for Batman, a ton for Green Lantern, a ton for what if we put them together and shouldn't our sales combine?" And they build it. They sold it as that. They said, "Kids, you can get all your superheroes under one roof." It's a hundred percent that. It, it's like the, I feel like it's yeah. the uh, geek world of Captain America, like may all our powers combine. I, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Captain she Planet. just confused uh, Captain yeah, Planet with uh, Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things, too, about Justice League is that each individual hero's personality really grew out of Justice League because in their own books, they were all, every superhero was kind of the same. And when you put them all together in the team book, you had to start giving them different personalities. So, like, Batman being a dick, that's the Justice League. Superman yeah. being a Boy Scout came from Justice League. Uh, you know, Wally being the uh, the thrill seeker came from Justice League. And and without a team book, 
we'd just be reading about more or less identical characters having superhero adventures separately. Oh, I didn't even realize that. And now that you say it, I do, I still worry about Justice League, but knowing that as a writer, that's actually quite fascinating that that's how they kind of develop their own person persona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The more and they, you know. they just kind of dial. Yeah. They, they just kind of dial them up to 11 when they're all together and then little bits migrate yeah. from the team book back to each individual. That was the thing on, on all the team books, justice league and Avengers. That was always where the B characters got a chance to show a lot more personality because they didn't have their own books. So Superman, Batman, Captain America, they all couldn't go through a lot of emotional and personal change where Hawkeye, he could take the front or Martian Manhunter could be a, a lead and, and have a big character story arcs because they didn't have their own books to that they had to support. However, that being said, as far as like film stuff goes, um, I wonder for me, like Jeremy mentioned earlier, I'm ish geek ish. <laughs> I'm the ish and geek. Um, like for being a little bit newer to the geekdom world, um, we have so much background on Batman and so much background on Spider-Man and even a little bit of Wonder Woman because of the previous old series. But I kind of like, I don't have a lot of Flash and Cyborg and Aquaman, you know, like, and I kind of wish that um, it was more focused on, like DC focused more on each of these individual characters first before they threw them all together for some of us are a little bit newer because I mean, time passes, 10 years come 15, you know, like even people who are like super geeky, like, I, I still wanted to know these characters soon more before sure. they were all put together. That's that's DC playing catch up. That's all that is. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. they they realized I, it would take it would have taken them six to ten years to get to where Marvel is, and they just wanted to jump right to it. Ah, money is yeah. driving group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm with Andrea on that. Like, I I never I never was big in the comic books when I was a kid. So I like, I don't know a lot of the um, backstories for a lot of this stuff, um, which is why I wrote a post somewhere a long time ago about how I prefer to read manga because like you get, you get like, you know, here's 20 issues and this story is not going to continue ever again, ever. And I don't know. <laughs> I just, I well, like, no. A few, like, a, a, few, a, a few years ago, I'm sorry, a few years ago, I, I, I tried to, like, a, one of my buddies gave me, like, this massive digital collection of comic books, and I was like, sweet, I want to read some Batman. Well, this, the, the original story from Batman from the 30s is it's still going on. Like, that's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to read. <laughs> well, but, but what's fantastic is you don't have to. A well-crafted no, story yes, gives, yes, fills you into what you need. Yes, yeah. I do have to. Well, then I am, it out. I am, so I am that guy. Back. What are we I am talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I am that guy. Like if 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 I go if if I want to get into something, I go all in on it. And like I just was not willing to. <laughs> I just was not willing to take the time to read all those books. <laughs> you say that because I feel like I Jeremy wasn't it like a year ago I wrote an article on like I'm done with the origin story and yes that like we, it was about a year ago like, yeah we have like Batman and Spider-Man and I was like I'm so tired of seeing this story again and so it's interesting that we went from a million and one Batmans a million and one and like Supermans and Spider-Mans and I know that the crap out of those stories and we got one Wonder Man, Wonder Woman movie, and and which was great. But then for these other characters, it's like I need I I need that meat of those characters to make it 
feel like a fuller story, like more history. Like, you know, if, if you want me to jump on board with like Aquaman and, and Flash, I know that we have the TV series Flash, but if you want me to jump on board with them as like full-fledged, written-out, believable characters, um, I think, you know, there just needs to be more to them before there's all of them. Yeah. Okay, guys, sorry about that. I had I had a, a momentary dip out there, but um, I got to get us moving because we've only got 15 minutes left. And Paul sent us, sent us his picks of the week. But I, I'm not going to have all the context that he usually has, so I'm going to give them real quick. Joe, if you want to expand on either one of these, please feel free. Do it. Uh, but Paul's pick for this week is The Death of Mighty Thor Part 2. Uh, Mangog comes to Asgard. Is one Thor enough to take down the ultimate judgment? Uh, artist James Heron brings his talents to the mighty Thor. It all leads to the most dramatic return in the Marvel Universe. Did you check that out this week? Uh, it's No, I did not pick it up yet. But yeah, that book, Thor's, okay. been, a must, Thor's been a must read for Marvel fans for a long time. And we're culminating the run of, of the uh, the Lady Thor, uh, Jane Foster. So it's it's a must pick up. Oh, did I thought she dumped him. Well, see, see, I, well, I referenced the movie with the oh, comic book, uh, but I did. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I see what you did. Okay. <laughs> That's enough of that silliness. <laughs> All right. Now, here's one I'm looking forward to as well, but Paul's pick for next week, Doomsday Clock number one. Yes. Uh, Joff Johns, art by Gary Frank. Uh, basically, this is going to be the start of the Watchmen's whatever involvement in the DC Universe. I'm all in. Have Correct. my money. Here's my wallet. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's all there is to say. Get it. Read it. Enjoy it. Don't be a stick in the mud about Alan Moore wouldn't want his characters used this way. No, shut up. Enjoy the book. Yeah. Nobody cares. If, if, the, book, if the book's bad, then yeah, let's rip on it. But don't, don't get caught up in the don't touch Alan Moore stuff. Cause Alan Moore's a God. I hate that. Yeah. He, the man, the man is not sanctified by any particular body. He's a hell of a storyteller. Yep. But he should have known when doing comic books that somebody could take his stuff at any point and move on with it. Yeah, he so, should know that, especially because that's exactly how he got popular, by doing that to everyone else's characters. Yep. His stuff on Swamp Thing, amazing. Oh, Whatever every, happened to the Man of Tomorrow, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every everything he's done has been has been off the backs of it. Everything that, yep. that made his that made his bones. So, yeah, so Mir- Miracle Man was Miracle making, uh yeah, totally. Anglo's I mean, character from the yeah. 50s. So Watch Watchmen, while certainly the story 100 percent is original and it's great and all that stuff, but that was with the Charlton characters. You know, he wrote it for them, and then yep. they and then they went into don't ruin the Charlton characters, just make your own. Uh, yeah. So yeah, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, Superman, every all of his greatest hits, Killing Joke. All his greatest hits are other people's creations. So don't yep. be a grump about people using yours. Sorry. Sorry, Tribe. We only got 15 minutes. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. So um, what we're going to do now is normally we do what did Joe read, but this week we're going to do what did Joe watch. Joe, what did you watch? Last week I was I was so happy to see The Disaster Artist, the upcoming biopic by James Franco with his brother Dave Franco about the making of the greatest film of all time, The Room. It was dynamite. Why don't you? T- yeah, you're gonna have to tell because I I know most people know it, but just in case, yeah. if people don't so, know about the room, so so here's so here's yeah, without because it it can be confusing yep. if you're trying to describe disaster artist without understanding what the room is. In uh, it, the room was released in 2003. It is a terrible, terrible movie 
But the guy that directed it, his name's Tommy Wiseau. He is a, a character, first of all. He is a delightfully weird, eccentric, creepy character in real life. He made it with such earnestness and such, I'm making a serious drama without any wink and nod of the camera that the finished product is an amazing piece of farcical. I can't believe this is because it looks good. It's shot really well. You know, like the, the camera, like they used good cameras and they used everything looks good about it, but there are so many nonsensical plot lines. There's characters that just are terrible actors, but everyone's taking it seriously. You have to see the room if you've never seen it. Then the movie Disaster Artist is one of the stars of the room who happens to be Tommy's uh, good friend. He wrote a book about the making of it. So the Disaster Artist is the making of the movie The Room. And you get to spend two hours with James Franco pretending to be Tommy Wiseau, which is one of the most delightful things I've seen in since, since Thor, frankly. I haven't left that hard since Thor. <laughs> Um, so one of the rumors out there is Tommy Wiseau is quite possibly D.B. Cooper since he showed up out of nowhere with a bag full of money that nobody could explain. Well, I do know me, that about him. Let me throw this out there. This is so one of the one of the one of the uh, the points of the movie is that and, and in real life, really, he never talks about where he's from. Right. He never talks about his origin. He's got a very thick uh, Eastern European accent, but you can't really it's hard to place it. Absolutely true story. Three weeks ago, I was at Stanley's Comic-Con, and I was looking through a box of comic books, which, hap- which the box was next to the room. The, uh, Tommy always does uh, sells merchandise at all the cons, so you see him there all the time. And as I'm looking through the comic books, he walks over and starts talking to me like, oh, hey, what are you looking at? And I was like, oh, some superheroes. What kind of superheroes do you like? And I was just chat- literally chatting with Tommy Wiseau. And he said to me, you know, growing up in Germany, we had, uh, I, lo- I used to always collect superheroes, like Superman and, you know, Jekyll and Hyde, you know, which is weird because that's a, not a superhero thing. Yeah. But he said to me growing up in Germany. Yeah, that is odd. Cause people yeah. think he's Polish, but he claimed to be French. He said to point. me, to my face, growing up in Germany, I used to read Superman. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe not. You so might have a you might have a scoop here on Geekish Cast, is yeah. what I'm saying, Jerry. But okay. the movie's That's great. Cool. It's, yeah, it's done all the circuits. It's in like lim- It's going to be like limited release, I think, first, because it's definitely a niche. You know, it's a it's a niche picture, but it's so well done. It's really really hilarious. That's kind of awesome. Okay, definitely got to check it out. If you haven't seen the room yet, check that out first. And then you can walk up to all your friends and say, "Oh, hi, Mark." Oh, and hi. They'll get it. Oh, hi, doggy. Yeah. Oh, then I didn't recognize you. <laughs> oh, look, it's Johnny. I didn't recognize you. You're my favorite customer. Yeah. Chris, so, Peter, um, have, thanks have for, you guys. Th- thanks for mentioning DB Cooper. Uh, yes, absolutely. Every 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 couple of years, I get really obsessed with DB Cooper, and I buy like every book on Amazon that I that I haven't read yet. So thanks for that. I'll know what I'll be doing tomorrow. Chris and Andrea, yep, have yep. you guys seen have you guys seen the room? No. I haven't seen it on my watch list. And oh. I'm heading out I'm hoping I'm heading out to Paris on Sunday, so I've got ten hours on a flight to watch some films. Oh my god, it's the greatest thing you'll ever see. 
you will fall in love with it. There's so much Yay! wrong about it. There's so, <laughs> there's so much wrong about it that it's just, it's delightful. See, the, that's the stuff that I, I really, really like. Just love that kind of, well, I, I love people who are passionate about something, even if it's not the expected norm. So I can't mm-hmm. wait. Great. Yeah. All right, guys, we got eight minutes left. We're going to hit the main topic. And this week, it's why men in charge of anything can't seem to keep their damn hands to themselves. Um, even today, now with Al Franken, his his gropey past is coming back to haunt him. Uh, that depressed we'll keep... me. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. As long as there's not a, a hist- what would you call that, a frequency of abuses, I think I can be okay with certain things here and there. They're gross, they're creepy, they shouldn't have been done, but, you know, people take advantage of their positions whether they mean to or not. But when you start running into patterns of bad behavior, uh, and specifically we're going to talk about Eddie Braganza from DC Comics and... Um, Andrew Kreisberg, uh, who works on the Warner Brothers DC shows for CW. Yeah. Because, you know, now it's it's comic book stuff getting wrapped up, and you know, that's geek stuff, and that's what we're here to talk about. But, you know, in this day and age, why, how is there still this culture of silence allowing people to get – it's not even the culture of silence. It's not the fault of the victim that this is happening. It's the fault of the enablers around the abusers that this keeps happening. So what the hell is going on out there? Andrea, would you like to chime in on this first? <laughs> you throw it out my way. I, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I haven't been in that situation. Um, I mm-hmm. have never been sexually harassed. Um, oftentimes, I think it's because um, I do. I'm a ballsier woman and have a tendency to not give a bleep about like normal bleep stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But. I, I, I do. It's so I, I would have to say I think it's amazing that um, I probably with Harvey Weinstein is what triggered um, someone was able to give a voice, and now everybody's coming forward. And I think that's I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I think what it is is I was actually talking with my husband about this earlier, and I'm not giving any. I'm not saying any person who has sexually harassed anybody any credit or anything. I'm just saying that the industry was set up a certain way. And I think a lot of these people who are being accused of stuff that happened 20, 30, not the recent stuff, but stuff that's been happened 20 or 30 years ago, uh, I'm not saying that what they did was right, but I'm also saying that the industry did not say what they were doing was wrong. Um, and so I think it's a, it's a larger story of what society and what the film world and what they have said was okay um, you know, it's that madman sort of concept out there. And so, again, like, you know, with Kevin Spacey and some stuff that happened, like, you know, 20 years ago, I'm not saying it's right what they did, but I think we also have to look that nobody in the industry said it was wrong either. And so I do think that it's a beautiful thing that now the information is coming out and we do and can change the industry. People like Gal Gadot can sit there and say, I'm not participating in this next film if so-and-so is in it. And I don't think women or whether it was men or women who've been harassed ever had that voice. And now they do. And I think that's an incredible thing. And it's going to change moving forward what is in the industry and how we respect who and what is being involved in it. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Uh, God, I mean, there are so many things that that blow me away. First off, I know the conversation I keep having with people is, well, how come it's just happening now? And then you go back, like with the Weinstein thing. 
Courtney Love in 1995 gave an interview where they said, if you could give a piece of advice to a young actress, what would it be? And she said, if Harvey Weinstein invites you back to his hotel room to rehearse, don't go. That was 22 years ago. Yeah. People are not, people are not just now saying it. People are just now listening. That's really what it is. Yeah, and it, well, it, it it goes to the uh, the giant squid in the in the Oval Office. You know, he's mm-hmm. we've been saying a lot of us have said for this last year, he's the squid in Watchmen. Going back to Alan Moore, you know, he yeah. he's the thing that's so vile that it's going to get people to wake up, and it's it's terrible that we have to deal with that. But if something good can come out of having a monster in the White House, it's this. Well, and I also think it's like you have one person, whether it's male or female or whatever the issue is, when you have one person say something, it's just complaining. But when you have multiple people say something, it's a problem. Um, And so he just happened, Harvey Weinstein just happened to cross the line and be the person at the right time doing the right thing. And, you know, because like you said, the monster in the White House, like women's things are now like people are listening and there's a lot of voices. It's more than just one person complaining. It's an entire nation who are protesting and saying something. And now it's, you know, it's not just a complaint. It's a problem. Yeah. And I think it helped that Weinstein was personally reviled by a lot of people in Hollywood because they, they, people who normally wouldn't have raised their voice, they saw it as an opportunity to, Oh, yeah, we can pile on him to get him out because he's take you know he has a terrible reputation as a person, let alone as an abuser, you know. Yeah. Because right. look at well, that's what I was look, at, look at look at on the flip side, Bill Cosby, he wasn't kicked out of the academy. No. And well, you and, know, and you could argue his stuff is just as bad easily, but people like him. People he has friends, you know, he has friends in high places. Yeah, and I have to agree with that, too, like, going off of that and, um, like, the whole Kevin Spacey situation, I was, I actually almost lost my, uh, sorry, I don't know if we're allowed to cuss. <laughs> I'm, I have a sailor's mouth. Yeah, you're fine, Andrew. Lost, Do whatever you want. Okay, I almost lost my shit when they were going to cancel that film when there's so many other people aside from Kevin Spacey involved, you know, like 800 cast and crew, yeah. and I'm glad they figured out a way to solve that. Um, I do think that is an, an unfortunate problem where it's just so easy to just say, oh, well, then get rid of this thing. And I'm like, there's there's a bigger story to that. Whereas luckily with Harvey Weinstein, it was just like, okay, just get rid of him. You right. know what I mean? Right. This is a this is a a, a a question for another show, but can you still appreciate an artist's work knowing that he's uh, done horrible things? That's the Michael Jackson question. That's yeah. That's that's tough. Alleged. Alleged horrible thing. Alleged. Well, hold on. Let me let me let me throw a name out there and see if you guys know it. Lenny Reifenstahl. Do you guys know that name? Yeah, no. she was no. she was she was the filmmaker for Hitler. Yeah, beautiful cinematography. Yep, beautiful direction. Very Fucking talented. Nazi. Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. So I, Chris, I don't know. I, I I that is a we could probably talk for five hours just about that. Well, I, I I'm sure we could. Well, I think until people toss Roman Polanski aside, I think right? people will yeah. think that still honor an artist. Um, with that, I think people are still going to be okay with it. And I think it just depends on how current the accusations are and, or how current um, something was criminalized or whatever. Yeah. Polanski, well, there's to, a special to, kind of to, flip it, to flip it real quick before we sign off, to, to flip it yeah. back to geekdom. 
Um, Warner Brothers, DC, they're, the only way they're going to get out of this is just uh, the more of these allegations come out, people are going to forget more about them. But they're in a pickle because the, the stories about the, the editor, that's been out there for years. Years, that's yeah. Not new. That's not new. The Kreisberg stuff with, with the TV stuff, that's relatively new, so they can say, oh, well, we heard about it and we took action. The Berganza stuff, we've known about that in the comic book trades uh, forever. Yeah. So I don't, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big problem because it's comics, which is a smaller profile. I don't think it's going to get the play, which, you know, I, I think they'd be happy to have not get played. But he's gone. He's, he's no longer with them, though. Well, that's good. That's a start, at least. All right. Well, it looks like we are out of time. Uh, so, everybody, this is Jeremy for Joe, for Chris, and for Andrea saying good night, everybody. Listen to Joe on Joe. You don't speak for me, since. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. I think we're all clear. So, uh, thank you very much for doing thank this. Thank you, guys. Andrea, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you guys, too. Thanks for letting me play. <laughs> Absolutely. Chris, well, great hey, to hear you, know, you again. Yeah. And you guys, a little, you guys I'm, know I'm anytime you want to come on. I'm just here for the drunken jokes. I had no idea about anything you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, guys, I, I got to run. Is there someone out there who's a little less geeky than me? Uh, I am oh. very geeky about very specific things. Ah, Jeremy, okay. Jeremy, I'll talk to you later. I got to run. All right, Joe, you have a good night. We'll talk to you Bye-bye, later. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks a lot. Hey, he should do some uh, terminal readings for me, too. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll talk Next time I talk to him, I'll bring it up. Cool. Yeah, Joe's got a good voice. He's done voiceovers for commercials and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to uh, – we're still recording or what? Well, yeah, this is still <laughs> recording, so I think we'll go ahead – Everybody, we'll uh, we'll drop the show there. Um, oh, you know what? It didn't show going into overtime recording. Oh God, I hope this whole episode didn't go plunk on us. Well, anyways, everybody, it's, I'm gonna. It's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... it's go showing ahead. overtime. It's showing overtime for me. It is okay. Yeah. Hmm. We're just not. not we're just. Up. We're just not on air. But it's still. It yeah. looks, It it still says it's recording. <laughs> okay, yeah. So then playback it'll when playback hits it'll it'll have all this stuff. But anyhow, yeah, yeah um I'll let I'll talk to Joe about that and have either you get a hold of him or whatever. Andrea, thank you again for coming on. Definitely for having me. <laughs> yeah. Um we, we again guys we'll be doing guest host the first third of next year, so I'll probably be bothering both of you again, uh uh separately or together or whatever configuration, you know. Great. Yeah, yeah, man, just 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 try to get some topics I know anything about. <laughs> well, Chris, this this week uh Paul just I told know. us two days ago that he couldn't make it. So it's all good, man. It's yeah. all good. You know, I, I will I will do your show if if, if humanly possible for me to do it. <laughs> well I appreciate it. All right, guys, I had to go pick my wife up from a walk and painting class so I'm going to run but thank you again and thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you all next week later guys bye, bye. bye.